Call the meeting in order. Mr. Troublefield, will you please take roll call? Mr. Cathal? Here. Mr. Collins? Here. Mr. Fritz? Here. Dr. Hattier? Here. Mr. Layfield? Here. Ms. Moses? Here. Mr. Peden? Here. Mrs. Pryor? Dr. Statler? Here. Mrs. Wright? Here. We have a quorum. We have a motion to go into executive session. So moved. So motion moved. made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Executive session, thank you. Reconvene regular session. 3.02, approval of the agenda for November the 28th. Is there a motion? So moved. Motion made, is there a second? Second. Motion made and second, any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. I'd like for everyone to please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. You may be seated. 3.04, student government. Hello everyone, I am Yoati Tarones, co-president of the student council at Indian River High School. With the school year already being a quarter done, there have been some fun things that have happened. First, we completed the first marking period of our 2022 through 2023 school year. Students have been busy working in and out of school. Most seniors have completed or are almost done with college applications. Some have already received their acceptance letters and eight of our seniors have signed to their college of choice to further their athletic and academic careers. Speaking of athletics, our fall sports have all finished their seasons. The girls volleyball, boys soccer, cross country, and football teams are all qualified for the state tournament. Though the girls volleyball and the football team fell short this, in the tournament, they worked hard and were motivated. The boys soccer team made it to the semifinals, but were defeated. Although it would have been ideal if they made it to the state championship, we are also proud of how hard they worked. The cross-country team did great with Brent Crandall being the back-to-back -back state champion. As we enter the holiday season, many of the club organize events to serve the community. The student council organizes an event called Adopt a Family where students are encouraged to bring items in. These items are given to families who aren't as fortunate to provide gifts for their families. It has been a successful event and the families are always so thankful. The National Honor Society as well organizes an event where members are asked to bring in cans and a toy. Lastly, the Leo Club last week volunteered at Mount Air for the Thanksgiving for Thousands event and will serve Christmas events in the next couple of weeks. With that being said, the student body is excited for the next upcoming season and the rest of the school year. Thank you. Thank you. 3.05, approval for the board meeting minutes for October the 19th. Motion to accept? So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Uh, 3.06 and 3.07, approval for the regular meeting minutes and the executive session minutes from October to 24th. So moved. 
Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed, passed by unanimous vote. 3.08, approval of board workshop meeting minutes from November the 16th. So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed, passes by unanimous vote. Uh, 4.01, recognition. Dr. Owens. Thank you, Mr. Layfield. Our first recognition this evening is our 2022-2023 Educational Support Professionals of the Year. So I ask uh, Mrs. Murphy, Mrs. Bunting to join us at the stage for this exciting recognition. Thank you. Good evening. The Educational Support Professional of the Year program recognizes the outstanding service by educational support professionals who provide direct or indirect services to our students and their families. These exceptionally dedicated, knowledgeable, and skilled employees serve in a positive, supportive, and professional role to increase the effectiveness of the educational initiatives for our students. Quite simply, they are the backbone of our schools and our students thrive thanks to their talented contributions. Each school selected one nominee to represent their building and then as a district, we selected one overall nominee to represent the Indian River School District in the statewide campaign. Please come forward when I read your name so we can recognize your achievements and then you can have your picture taken as an individual. We will not be doing a group photo at this time. Um, I'd first like to recognize the people that could not make it tonight. Daniel Lawver, systems technician from Long Neck. Harry Litton, constable from East Millsboro. Wendy Rischel, paraprofessional from SDSA. And Susan Pleasanton, cafeteria manager from Lord Baltimore. Now for our... Now, our nominees that are in attendance tonight. Tamika Gardner, cafeteria manager from North Georgetown. Jasmine Hall, paraprofessional from Howard Tienes. Karen Hearn, Financial Secretary for Building and Grounds at IRAC. Congratulations. Glenn Jacobs, Custodian at Selvyville Middle School. John Justice, Constable at John M. Clayton.
Christina Messick, Secretary at Millsboro Middle School. Annie Moore, Secretary at Georgetown Elementary School. Maria Obando, paraprofessional at Philip Shaw. Antonio Perez, paraprofessional at Georgetown Middle School. We'll get that to Antonio. Bridget Shutt, cafeteria manager at Sussex Central. Sherry Sturgis, custodian at Indian River. Finally, I'd like to give special recognition to Arlette Avalos on being selected as the Indian River School District's overall educational support professional of the year, in addition to being selected as the Early Learning Center's nominee. Arlette will compete for the state title on December 7th, so best of luck to you, Arlette, and congratulations. Once again, we congratulate all of our nominees and thank you for the difference that you make every day in the lives of our staff and our students. Thank you. Our next two recognitions are from Selbyville Middle School, our Sussex County Junior Honors Choir, as well as the first place in the DAAD Middle School Volleyball Tournament. I ask uh, Principal McCready's to join me this evening. Good evening. Selbyville Middle School is proud to have a number of students recognized this evening by the Board of Education for their performance in the arts and on the playing surface. Our first students to be recognized this evening are those students that have participated in the Sussex County Junior Honors Choir. By participating in the Sussex County Junior Honors Choir, these students studied, rehearsed, and performed an advanced choral repertoire. 
They were selected by their choral director for participation in this ensemble because of the dedication and talent they exhibit as members of the Selbyville Middle School Choral Program. Students, when I call your name, please come forward to be recognized. Madeline Clattenburg. Morgan Schrock. Naomi Ulrich. Olivia Boyle. Riley Crick. Michaela Furman. Sanila Gadson. Annalise Werner. Gianna Ragone. Isabel Ransbottom. Kaylin Rogers. And how about one final round of applause? Congratulations, Junior Honors Choir members. Next, we would like to recognize the Selbyville Middle School Volleyball Team for capturing the Delaware Association of Athletic Directors Volleyball Tournament title this year as they completed back-to-back -back undefeated seasons. And just a side note, since 2015, since their inaugural season, Selbyville Middle School Volleyball has a record of 67-3. and three. Players and coaches, when I call your name, if you are in attendance, please make your way to the stage to be recognized. Hayden Andrews. Kalia Batista. Brooke Harn. Molly Hevner. Lily Krager. Lola Morris. Brenda Perrin. Jillian Chandler. Carolina Macy. Mia McIsaac. Amy Reyes, Heidi Showers, Catherine Bunting, Tegan Conaway,
Twilight Decker. Isabel Dory. Kylie Harant. Taylor Hefner. Autumn Johnson. Parker O'Shields. Tori Royster. Madeline Wiest. And Carrie Zuck. Could I please have coaches Bill Kroll, Mackenzie Johnson, and Sally Craig please join us on the stage. Congratulations, SMS Volleyball, on another outstanding year. Okay, our next several recognitions tonight are all from Indian River High School Academic All-Conference, Football All-District First Team, Division II State Champion Cross Country, First Team All-Conference, and First Team All-State. So joining me on stage this evening is Principal Mike Williams from Indian River High School. Thank you, Dr. Owens. We would like to recognize our student athletes from the fall season. When I call your name, please come to the stage to be recognized. We also realize that several athletes are not with us tonight because they are involved in winter sports, but I still will call their names as well. We will start with academic all-conference and cross-country, Kay Donnelly, Jacob Massey, Bryn Crandall, Jordan Gonzalez, Lila Hanley, and Stella Yannick. Those are our all-conference for cross-country. We, we will move the field hockey, Lily Merrick, Kylie Harris, Macy Blades, Jillian Collins, I know she's here, I saw her, Addison Jerns, Ella Peterson, Kinsley Hall, Grace Robinson, Kendall McCabe, Katie McHale, Samantha Tioli, Meredith White, and Isabella Sharp. Boys Soccer, Connor Bird, Jordan Illion, Parker Steele, Luke Veers, Roman Keith, Evan Peterson, Managers Kendall Cathel, Kimberly Inthala, 
and Sarah Liberius. Girls Volleyball. Claire Johnson, Scarlett Dunn, Jade Wilkins, Maya McDonald, Leilani Ellers, Cameron Ellers, Lily Hoban, Madison Geppi, Brooke Workley. Those are our volleyball all academic honors. And finally for football, Donovan Roos, Alex Butts, Michael Patera, Weston Werner, Ricky Wiggins, Aiden Twig, James Stratus, Luke Hitchens, Dennis Norwood, and Patrick Starkey. Next category is football, all district first team. I do not think any of these four members are here, but I will read their names. Chance Hawker, Colin King, Ashton Stevens, and Hayden Hall. We also had a division two state champion in cross country. Uh, she is at swim practice, but Bryn Crandall was the division two state champion in cross country. First team all-conference for cross-country, we had Chase Sims, Bryn Crandall, boys soccer, Jordan Illion, Evan Peterson, Kai Kelly, and Caleb Galbraith. For girls volleyball, Scarlett Dunn, Cameron Ellers, Maya McDonald, and field hockey, Kinsley Hall, and Jillian Collins. Last category is first team all state. We have two of those for soccer. The first one is Evan Peterson, and the second one is Jordan Illion, who's joining us on stage and will be playing Division I soccer at the University of South Carolina in the fall. Congratulations. Yay.
Thank you and congratulations to those young men and women. 5.01, public comments. We have time in the meeting scheduled for all for comments from the public. And we've got one signed up this evening. Mr. Tim Clawson. Don't start my time. is not going to cooperate. Um, the first thing I want to say is congratulations to our volleyball team. They're all left, um, but they work hard. It's earned. They do a very good job. The second thing, Mr. Peden, I want to congratulate your father. I don't have a way of getting a hold of him, but I saw his induction to the Delaware Basketball Hall of Fame, and that's quite an honor. He was a great teacher. He was a great coach, and he was very influential to me in my first two years of teaching. And just, if you can, congratulate him. Um, I want to thank the district for reversing the ban on CNN 10 and allowing it again to be used as an instructional resource. I think that was a very, very good move and it is appreciated. I believe in standing up for what is right. And the reason I came up here and put myself out is because I believe it was right and I do believe it was a little bit politically motivated. What I wasn't expecting at all was the backlash that I received for standing up. I wasn't expecting to be told by district officials to stand down. I wasn't expecting to be told that I was all alone and that the district was not worried about me. And when the article came out, which I thought was very fairly written for both sides, I wasn't expected to be told that this is going to give the district a black eye. I think we both had a hand in that. So those are some things that I just didn't expect to happen and that I was surprised that happened. As a teacher, and a lot of you as, as police officers, as doctors who are all public servants, we can't be judged by one thing. Teachers, we can't be judged only by assessments. We can't be judged by essential questions. We can't be judged by pacing guides. There is so much more to teaching that should be taken into account. And that is not happening right now. We are being checked. We are being judged basically with walkthroughs by how many boxes we can check off in a five to 10, 10 minute walkthrough. I don't know if the board's seen something like this, but this is just a five to 10 minute learning walkthrough sheet. It has 103 boxes that can be checked off for questions to be asked or what the teacher is doing. It took me 10 minutes to count to 103. That's how many boxes are on here. If things don't change, and we're allowed to teach, you're gonna be losing a lot of great teachers. After this month, I've got one foot out the door. You're gonna lose a lot. We need to reconsider 
all the meaningless things that we're checked off for and consider the good things that we are doing. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Mr. Clawson was the only one signed up. Is there anybody like come forward with public comment? Hearing none. 6.01, school choice applications. Mr. Lewis. Good evening, everyone. On your board docs this evening, you will see a total of 11 school choice applications. We are asking you to consider to accept 10 of those, and we're asking to deny one due to attendance. All of these applications have been vetted through the building principals and also through district administration. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Those opposed, passes by unanimous vote. Thank you. Thank you, sir. 6.02, 2022-2023, unit count. Yes, I'd just like to report out, last month I shared uh, where we were with units for this school year. Uh, that has been certified by DOE with 10,799 students, which equates to 850.52 Division I units. Discussion item does not require That's correct. any action. 6.03, class size waiver for school year 2022. Yes, within your board docs, you will see uh, the memo which outlines the waiver for this school year. Annually, we assess our class size and any classroom, K-3 to classroom, uh, with a teacher that has over 22 students, we are required to consider a waiver. So this school year, we have one classroom at John M. Clayton, first grade classroom with 25 students. At Philip Shaw, we have three classrooms, a kindergarten classroom with 23, a first grade, first grade classroom with 24, and a second grade classroom with 27. Uh, I will say that uh, the 27, we did speak with Principal Kerr, and they do their best to assist with a specialist schedule to push into that classroom to assist as needed. Uh, unfortunately, Philip Shaw with the small size, uh, with two grades per classroom, that is a, a difficult school to try to spread those students out over, the, over multiple teachers. So that is why, um, in my opinion, there are three at Philip Shaw. Uh, that said, uh, again, this does require a waiver from the board to consider for, again, the one classroom at John and Clayton and three classrooms at Philip Shaw. Is there a motion to approve the class size waiver? So moved. Motion made, is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 6.04, House Bill 198. Yes, House Bill 198 has been uh, a regular part of our curriculum committee discussion, and I wanted to give an update on where we were this evening. Um, the district social studies specialist has design, uh, designed a Google spreadsheet that our schools have used and our teachers have used to input their curricular elements that may uh, be outlined within House Bill 198, the Black History Education Bill. The district social studies specialist also worked with our other specialists to gather additional information 
as needed to see where this may fit into our existing curriculum. The specialists, along with Dr. Jerns, worked to then vertically map the instruction aligned to House Bill 198, and our report was submitted recently to the state, in fact, uh, November 15th, that, that uh, reports out on where we stand as, at our district in terms of uh, meeting House Bill 198. It is now uh, at the state level, and the governor and the general assembly will review that in January. And I would like to report that each of those elements is covered in our K-12 curriculum, uh, many areas more than once over the course of a student's K-12 experience. So, and I would like to, to publicly thank our teachers, our specialists, and our Department of Instruction who worked hard to analyze our current curriculum and our text to see where this fits into House Bill 198. And I can say that each element of the House Bill is covered within our curriculum per our, our look at our curriculums uh, to date. Happy to answer any questions. Um, this strongly support anything related to history and development um, to where everybody understands what happened, et cetera. This has been nationally a hot button issue depending on how it is presented. And one of the things that I have asked for and would like to see is that we have an open forum for the general public to understand exactly how we are going to present this rather than a, a total like this. I'd like to see some more specific things and something that the public can actually see what it is we're doing by grade level, in other words, a syllabus. And I haven't heard of us doing anything at this particular point, but I do understand that it ha you know has to be cleared by the state, et cetera, and presented. So if we have that, then you know sometime certainly before this is launched, it would be appropriate to uh, explain this to the general public in terms of how and why uh, we're doing what we're doing. I would like to avoid situations like have happened that we read about where the public descends and says, hey, we don't want to do this, you know, and just in terms of transparency, it would be better if we brought it out rather than people reading their version of it in the newspaper and then coming here um, and strongly objecting, et cetera. Yes, yeah, so the, the Google Doc that was created captures those elements within House Bill 198 and it's broken down by grade level, and the teachers have indicated which text that, that would be impacted. So we certainly have that information. Okay, like I said, I'd like to see that released to the public for review um, and possibly have a Q&A session where the public could, uh, if they're interested, uh, come forth and say, hey, this is, these would be my concerns, et cetera. Dr. Owens, did we cover most of that last month in curriculum? Yeah, I believe in curriculum we went into much greater depth with where it, it uh, each of those elements landed. Um, I, mean, I believe most of that was pulled directly from the Google document right. that we created. Okay. Yeah. So if Dr. Jerns wanted to do an additional um, summary of that information and invite members from the public to provide feedback, that certainly would be an appropriate forum, perhaps? Yeah, we could do it at the curriculum committee. It's open to the public. Okay. We could advertise it. Yeah, sure. You know, we're going to review sure. that, yeah. Okay, my concern with that, thank you for, for doing that, but my concern is with the curriculum committee that uh, many people do work and may not be able to be present at a, at a meeting that time of day. And you guys know I don't like any more night meetings than anybody else. Okay, I don't, I have a real life too, but this is an important topic 
um, to do it at five o'clock. I don't know that that's the right time. And I'm one board member here, guys, okay, but I'm thinking about working parents. I think it's an important enough topic that it can be done both at a curriculum committee meeting and also something doesn't necessarily need to be a formal meeting, but something to get information out to the public outside of curriculum committee meetings. I myself can't make it to curriculum committee meetings most of the time because of work schedule. Yep. So I think we need to do a combination. I'm constantly have been reassured that our curriculum already includes these items. And you, restating what you just said, Dr. Owens, um, it's important that the public understands that and not get their news off the local talk radio station and wrong information. So it needs, it needs to be a combination of some things done. Can we put this summary on our website? From layman's terms, my understanding is this is we're just trying to, it's, uh, black history will be interwoven into pretty much all curriculum at different levels. And then right. in, within that summarization, could it be like posted on our internet or, or website just for the public to be able to kind of see where we are to some extent or is it too large to summarize and put in something like that um what we have right now isn't overly large i'd have to see where it would fit on our, our curricular elements on our okay. existing website i understand both i know we're trying to manage this to the best of our ability mm -hmm. but we want to be transparent to the public rather than having this issue take take its own little trail and then we've got to play catch up in the media to explain what's going on so I'm open to it, but I just didn't know if we have it yeah. available on our website. Okay, one thing Mr. Fritz pointed out, which I think is very important, is that to a very, very large degree, the Indian River School District has been presenting this material for years. Yes. Okay, we're talking about an additional X percentage of other items that were requested, you know, by the legislature, and those would be the ones that I would be interested in the public really understanding, okay? Um, I did look at the, the Google Doc, and again, there, a lot of work went into that, and I strongly uh, thank everybody for doing that because this is not an easy topic, okay? Um, but it was relatively general, um, and some things in there do lend themselves to, to questions. There's a lot in the public that believe it's a wide sweeping change that's going to take place, and the reality is it's not. We already do, as been stated by right. numerous a lot of these things. It's, it's really just kind of maybe solidifying some areas, but it's important to get the public to know this isn't some wide sweeping change of our curriculum. We've already been doing it. And it just, it's more about, I don't know if it's necessarily meetings or just whether it's public interviews, committee meetings, whatever it needs to be to get that message across. further discussion. Yeah, this officially hits or debuts what, 2023? Mrs. Dorman, I'm, we're obviously, not, not to put you on the spot, but we're, we're working, it's in our curriculum right now. So the elements that we've teased out, we're already teaching those elements. So it's there, it's been submitted to the state. And, and Kelly, I don't, it, the state's gonna review what we have as well as other districts, and then maybe provide some additional resources and recommendations is that your understanding? And sorry, Dr. Jerns is not able to be with us this evening. So, um, Kelly, yes. if you could fill in some of those gaps. So we had to submit a plan um, of how we're addressing House Bill 198 to the state, and that was just recently done. Mm -hmm. They will review it, um, and then they will provide us feedback. Um, 
As of now, as Dr. Owen shared, we are hitting each one of the components at least once throughout each of our students' um, careers from kindergarten through 12th grade. But we have bought no additional instructional materials. This is what we have been doing for years with the materials that we have. So any other questions? Thank you, ma'am. Mm -hmm. That item was for discussion. Correct, yes. 6.05, Ocean View Police Department, SRO. Yes, thank you. As the board knows, we've had some ongoing discussions with the town of Ocean View with the possibility of having uh, an Ocean View officer uh, serve as the SRO full-time at the school. Uh, I was contacted last month by the town manager who again wants to revisit the, the plan. Uh, we ran into a snag prior to this, uh, this point with having a constable in the school as well as the SRO. So our most recent proposal from the town is to, uh, they've received uh, an opportunity for some funding for that SRO that would fully fund uh, that SRO in LB. And part of the agreement would be for us to continue with our existing constable as we have in, in the school uh, throughout this, this school year. So um, their, their agreement would be to allow that SRO to serve full-time in the school alongside our current constable and the town would not need any funding from the district. So I would recommend we move forward with that at this point and I'm happy to answer any questions. You know, personally, I'd like to thank the town of Ocean View for really stepping up. They have always had a concern for uh, the, the Lord Baltimore School. And over the years, uh, Chief McLaughlin has done an awful lot to uh, ensure that he's able to take care of that building if an emergency ever arises. And for them to step up and be willing to fund it 100% on their side, I think is quite admirable. I know not all towns will be able to do that, but certainly, uh, if Ocean View is, is stepping up to the plate, um, I'll certainly support, you know, the, the motion that we accept what they're offering to do. Also, I think there's a, a topic here to discuss that we, we really looked into our constable program. We, we started it, we were the first district, and we've seen other districts catch up fast. And the job market is what the job market is, so we had to look at how to make some comparable salaries for our current employees and then to be able to snag a few new ones to fill some vacancies. So we were working through that at the same time with a goal in mind to ultimately get every one of our schools filled, specifically Lord Baltimore, but all of our schools filled with constables. So Correct. we worked our way through that. We were able to do that. And on tonight's agenda is at least one, uh, excuse two, me, two yep, different yep. constables, one specifically for uh, Lord Baltimore. That's on the agenda later on. So there is a motion to uh, accept the... Uh, SRO at the Lord Baltimore from Motion View is there a second? second? Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 6.06, Long Neck Elementary School request for greenhouse. Yes, as Mr. Booth approaches the podium, you do have in board docs uh, an outline for uh, the greenhouse at Long Neck Elementary and its location uh, proposal. Mr. Booth? Yeah, um, as uh, 
Dr. Owens mentioned, it is in your uh, board docs. Um, the location was requested uh, by committee. Uh, so the site selection is, is um, in your board docs as well. Um, it was a request from Long Neck Principal Kathleen Wilson uh, for construction and be paid for with School Nutrition Agriculture, which is the SNAC uh, program, and recommend approval of this request as presented. Is there a motion to accept the greenhouse at Long Neck Elementary? So moved. Good. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 6.07, Long Neck Elementary School mural requests uh, for a snack garden. Yes. Also, um, this is also in your board docs. Uh, it was a request from Long Neck Principal Kathleen Wilson. It's for a mural to be painted on an outside wall uh, by students uh, with the direction of the art teacher, and the paint and supplies will be provided by the art department. Uh, the project is proposed to enhance the snack garden. The committee asked for the location and a drawing of, of what they were um, were considering, um, and I believe that's been presented. Um, so we recommend uh, approval of this request. So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 6.08, Howard Tiennis, allowance notifications, equipment, and supply purchases. Yes, I have several different uh, items to cover here, and the, the way I wish to do it is uh, similar to what we did in the committee meeting. So the first item, um, which are posted on your board docs, are the change orders. It should be change order 24, 25, 26, 27, and 28. Uh, these were discussed at the Buildings and Grounds Committee with the exception of change order 28, and that was, um, it was not completed at that time. 28 is for greenhouse modifications, which basically is the auto irrigation system uh, that was requested. 25, 27, and 28 have already been approved um, per board approved change order procedures. Uh, change order 24 is a proposed digital sign uh, for the front of the property, it's two-sided. And 26 is the proposed purchase uh, for items uh, for the pool um, that we could uh, meet with that change order would help us meet uh, state purchasing guidelines. Uh, so if there's no questions, they ask that those change orders uh, be approved. So moved. There's a motion made. I do. Second. Motion made and seconded. Uh, I have some further discussion. The change order involving the pool has nothing to do with the errors or the problems or the corrections that are being made to the current pool, correct? You'll, you'll see that covered under Dr. Owens' comments uh, when we get to that section. Okay. Uh, but you're, you are correct. Uh, they're eating the, the, the mistake that they made with the, uh, with the incline in the, in the pool. They made it too long and they're ripping it out at their cost. And this change order is not related not, to that? Not related okay. at all. That was my only question. So motion is made and seconded. Any further discussion on these change orders? All in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. All right. Also on your board docs are two allowance notifications for the project. Um, and these are, are per board uh, 
procedure that was adopted um, when the one is for the extra cost of the liquid asphalt and the other is for the unsuitable soils for the transportation pole barn prep work. Uh, the first was um, 8,000, excuse me, the second one was $8,979.57 for the soil conditions uh, and the other cutting. Uh, the second allowance was $61,562.99 for the increase in liquid asphalt. Uh, these will leave a balance of $103,000 $321.04. So per board uh, per uh, board approval and procedures, this is a required notification for the allowances for unforeseen conditions. I'm not sure if there's any questions. Uh, Brad Cowan's here with R.Y. Johnson to discuss. Now we're notified and aware of these allowances. It doesn't require a vote or does require a vote? We just yeah. need to be notified, correct? Yes, the allowances uh, were built in into the contract, um, and we have a 103,000 left over. If that money is not used, it'll be returned back to the to the project or to the state. Okay, the last item. If there's no other questions, I'll go to the last item. In your board docs or purchase request for the new school, um, the, with the committee's request for a simplified. Uh, spreadsheet. Uh, there is one item added, which was uh, Dell laptops, um, and I believe it's a state contract item in the amount of $39,490. These items are within the budget uh, that we set for Harry Tienis. It is recommended for approval so the items can be ordered uh, following state purchasing requirements. I don't know if there's any questions. Uh, We discussed them uh, during committee, uh, went through each one uh, with Principal Kansak. Uh, I don't know if anybody has any questions on, on the purchase items. And as I mentioned, I thought we, we may miss one or two um, uh, in buying the items that, go in the, that will go in the school to help educate those students. As you remember, last last month we got approval for the equipment purchases, and uh, we're we're following the same procedure here. Need a motion to approve. Yes, sir. So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? <coughs> All those in favor, say aye. Aye. Those opposed, passes by unanimous vote. All right, and then, then the last item that I have for Harry Ennis is the tally form for the moving companies. We discussed that committee, um, and it's recommended that we go with Delaware uh, moving and storage uh, in the amount of $14,357.50. Uh, there was one company that elected not um, to submit a proposal. Uh, all three of them were on state contract, I believe. Okay. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. All right. Thank All you. Three items. Thank you, Mr. Booth. Old business, 7.01, major capital planning. 
Yes, thank you. Addendum number four for the new Sussex Central High School has been sent to the state's My Marketplace for posting. Bids are due December 6th at 3 p.m. Opening will occur at Sussex Central High School. So we will be monitoring that very closely and uh, hoping and praying for a, a very excellent bid day um, for Sussex, the new Sussex Central. Uh, moving to the site demolition, it has uh, moved very swiftly and is near completion. That's the uh, clearing of the land there uh, beside the existing school. Next is the enlargement of the stormwater pond in the front of the property, which will encompass the temporary bus lot. Those buses were moved recently to the new Ennis parking lot across the street. The construction fencing has been placed around the building and further construction cannot be started without DENREX approval once that pond is completed. And progress meetings are being held on Wednesday mornings around 9 a.m. Happy to entertain any questions with where we are with the new Sussex Central. I think it's important we put out to the public. So if we have news media in the audience tonight, it'd be a very good idea if we could write this down. Our new Sussex Central High School that we're about to build is not funded the fully amount that it should be. And the gymnasium is an option item. The school's moving forward without a gymnasium. I think it's vital that the public hear and know that along with several other things, our science wing and some other areas that we were having to look at. There's, there's a lot of cuts that were made that I feel is a requirement for us to build our school. Uh, we've talked about this and we're working well. We're under budget with the money that we were given for Howard T. Ennis. We've uh, worked very hard with the contractors through, throughout this and we were able to uh, be good stewards of the public's money when it comes to that build. And we would like to be able to do the same thing with Sussex Central High School. But I, but I think it's important. I, I don't know if the public knows about it because everyone I talk to is shocked. We're building a new school, and right now it does not have a gymnasium. It's an option item. We're hoping to get there too, but that's what we're faced with with the increases. So I think it's important it's discussed and talked about because sometimes it just kind of gets washed out in the news media with other things going on. But I think it's important for the public to know how short we are going into building this school. So thank you, sir. Appreciate the head nod. Okay. 7.02, Howard T. Ennis. Yes, our recent tour of Ennis indicated that the inside is well on the way to completion with flooring in the halls and lights being installed. I want to thank uh, Mr. Layfield, Dr. Hattie, and Mr. Peden who were able to join me on our recent tour. They can certainly uh, share anything that they saw, but uh, things are really shaping up with that new school, and we're uh, really proud of where we are. We are on schedule. We did, as Mr. Booth alluded to here earlier, we did have a setback with the therapy pool. There was an error in the dimensions of the slope. So that had to be that, that uh, what had been placed in the um, concrete that had been placed into that flooring had to be taken up, removed, and they're redoing it. Uh, Brad, I know they're hard at work with that. So uh, thank you for uh, taking care of that early on. It does not appear to, um, hinder us from our move-in date on January 3rd with the students, but it will likely not, that therapy pool will likely not be ready and available on that move-in date. So that will be stalled slightly, but again, um, the cost of that will be picked up by uh, the contractors and should not be part of the district's responsibility. Uh, in addition, final paving will be conducted next week, which will be a base and final top coat. Furniture is being delivered and installed uh, daily, uh, and the team is estimating that uh, 
three weeks completion, which would be December 9th for our furniture. Panel fabric for cubicles will ship December 17th or sooner. And we had a meeting with uh, Dr. Barons from Delaware Tech, along with Mr. Eisman from Dell Tech last week to discuss the transition plan from the existing school to the new school. So we wanted to make sure those utilities were all set. Um, the, the, the lease that there were under the deed, that's all taken care of. So uh, again, I thank Mr. Booth and Tammy Smith was part of that meeting as well. I know uh, Mr. Booth is gonna work closely with Mr. Eisman to make sure that transition is very uh, clean from the new school into the existing school. Uh, we would like to schedule a ribbon cutting with the new buildings uh, once we are in. The month of December is very, very busy, especially with our Howard Tiennes team. So my proposal is to have the ribbon cutting for the new school early January, early to mid-January. Once students have had a chance to get in, staff can set up those rooms, and that is not uncommon to have a ribbon cutting after the students are already in, especially uh, a mid-year move. So um, I would certainly answer any questions regarding that, but I'd like to get that set up here within the next week or so to get a date on our calendar. And finally, I'd like to secure a tour date for any board members um, before our December board meeting. It's at Sussex Central High School, and so I can schedule something maybe around 4 or 4.30 or so. I'll work with Brad maybe right before our board meeting if you'd like to tour. I know some of you haven't had an opportunity because of your schedules, so I'd like to get that set up as well. So again, this is an exciting time for our new Howard TNS. A lot of work has gone into this. The team has been working uh, diligently, and I know uh, RYJ and that team has had uh, crews there of 50 plus at uh, any given day. And I know they've been working 10 hour days and on Saturdays as well, I've seen them out there. So again, thank you for uh, keeping things moving so we can meet that January 3rd deadline. Again, happy to answer any questions with the new Howard TNS. No questions on Howard T? 7.03, GW Carver consent update. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Brittingham is not able to be with us this evening, so we are happy to welcome Ms. Nika Reed to give us our update on the Carver Consent Order. Good Ms. Reed, thank you. Thank you. As you are aware, um, members of the Carver Consent Order Community Advisory Board met in person with our school board during uh, the Indian River School Board workshop on November the 16th. Uh, we had some great engagement and dialogue regarding the following items the endorsement of the work of the Community Advisory Board and the consent order regarding, during uh, regularly scheduled school board meetings, uh, the district's commitment to matters regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion, the school board's interest and support for the work of our district equity steering committee, a formal summary report on our equity stakeholder survey results, <coughs> recruitment efforts to increase diversity within the IRSD workforce, teaching materials and resources that reflect the diversity of our student body, transportation services for all after-school programs, continued development of career pathways for our students, an emphasis on closing the gap focused on improvement of assessment data, graduation rates, and reducing suspensions for disproportionate student groups. Any questions? No, ma'am. Thank you so much. Any further discussion or questions on the consent? Hearing none.
Committee reports. 8.01, Building and Grounds. Mr. Fritz. Okay. Buildings and Grounds Committee uh, met on November the 14th. The items uh, that were discussed, first under major capital improvement, Howard Tianis, of course, was discussed that evening with a brief report. And as Dr. Owens has said, we're still on track for an opening of January the 3rd, 2023. Uh, as Mr. Booth had discussed, we, uh, uh, this evening we had discussed that night change orders and notification of those change orders of 24, 25, 26, and 27 coming to the board for approval and notification. The pool purchase items, uh, excuse me, for uh, Howard Tianis, the pool and gym equipment and moving proposals, uh, a report was given by Ms. Kansak with a request to uh, have a more simplified spreadsheet of which that was shared this evening and past. New Sussex Central High School, uh, update given on the groundbreaking of the new building and work to be done on the site stormwater retention pond. Bid pack B, due date was moved back to December the 6th to allow for more bidders and uh, will also not affect uh, being available for the December board meeting recommendations. Building and Ground Support Center, <clears throat> underneath old business, the dashboard synopsis was presented with 38 tickets open, 26 closed, and 58 tickets still remaining in the system. The HVAC cooling tower replacement, that work is set to begin the second or third week of January 2023 after equipment delivery is certified. Work hours uh, noted will be between 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. and all installers will have passed background checks. Long neck drainage at Long Neck Elementary. The drainage plans are complete and letter bids are ready to be sent out and those bids are expected to be back in by December the 2nd. For new business items, uh, we discussed already this evening and passed the motions for Long Neck uh, Elementary for a greenhouse and also for uh, the mural. And finally, East Millsboro uh, House Demolition, the property that was purchased next to East, East Millsboro. Sussex Environmental has been contracted to do the asbestos inspection and removal before we work on getting quotes for full demolition. Next meeting will be December the 12th. Any questions for Mr. Fritz? Hearing none, 8.02, Comprehensive School Safety. Mr. Caffel. Thank you, sir. So on November 7th, uh, all of our consoles had a full day of training. Uh, morning consisted of um, completing the mandated low light, daylight firearm certifications. This was done at Subville PD Firearms Training Facility. Afternoon training consisted of alert training. This is the advanced law enforcement rapid response training. This was held at Millsboro Middle School. This training was put on by Constable Josh Worrell and Detective Zabrowski from the Millsboro Police Department. Um, November 9th, Howard Tianis completed their uh, mandated tabletop exercises and November 15th, uh, SDSA completed theirs. And that's all for comprehensive school safety. Thank Any you. questions for comprehensive school safety? Hearing none, thank you, Mr. Caffin. Yes, sir. 8.03, finance. Doc. Thank you, sir. Um, on October 10th, uh, we, we reviewed the, the minutes and accepted them. Okay, the meeting itself, uh, we had a couple of interesting discussions. One of them was by Mr. Doofendock, and I'm just going to read what it is and then let you know that in January we'll be taking another look at this. But he presented an analysis of the district's local reserve balance. As of 6.30, the balance was 8.84% of the operating budget which aligns with the 5 to 10% range the district tries to adhere to. 
He explained that the reserve balance must be sufficient to cover the accrued 10-month salaries that are paid out over the summer, et cetera, uh, through mid-October when the regular tax revenues are received. We all know that. The reserve balance also must act as a savings account for unexpected emergencies. He shared factors that are currently impacting and will impact the reserve balance, such as reusing reserve funds to balance the FY23 budget, the FY23 27th pay, the local share of the market pressure match for the new Sussex Central High School, salary increases, energy and salary increases due to opening a new high school, expiration of ESERF funds, et cetera. He actually had a really nice PowerPoint, which I know you guys are going to love when you see it. His projections show a steep decline in the reserve balance in FY23. In future years, it will continue to decline, but at a slower rate due to several one-time expenditures in FY23, the 27th pay, market pressure, local match, et cetera. With no intervention, Mr. Dufendock believes we will need to go to local referendum around FY25, which I think we're all aware is going to need to happen. One item discussed to help alleviate the financial burden is to look at the match taxes that the district is authorized to collect but doesn't. And that's been historical for as long as I've been on the board. Uh, Mrs. Smith will research what the match taxes the other districts are collecting and get back to us. Mr. Dufendock will update the figures once the final FYI, FY23 budget is approved by the board and will be presented to the board in January. He pointed out that we get our money in a lot of cases um, kind of up front and then basically that gets added to the pot and then gradually over a three to five year period as everything increases which it has over historically that we end up using up that little bit of a reserve until we get to a point where we simply have to go back to referendum again and given the expenses that's to be expected it was just a question of time before we got hit with that FY25 looks reasonable right now it could be earlier it could be later but that's going to depend on a few factors. Okay, Mrs. Smith shared an additional student activity funds request from the elementary and middle school robotics teams. When Mrs. Bliley attended the robotics conference over the summer, they stated that the organizations have to pay a registration fee for the first four teams, and after that, all additional teams are free. She used that information to make her original request, but when she went to register the teams, the word organization was defined as a school, as, as a school, not the entire school district. So therefore, there's going to be a request for 2550, 2550 in additional funds to cover the registration. This should be a board item, but I don't see it in the board items right now. Is that coming later, Tammy? Okay, so we're good on that one. Okay, she also, uh, Mrs. Smith, who's very competent, loves to present numbers. Okay, not much of a sense of humor, but that's okay. Mrs. Smith shared detailed budget versus actual schedules for ESERF 1, 2, and 3. She explained we will be reassessing our needs in doing budget amendments for ESERF 2 and 3 to reallocate funds where needed. She shared that as of 11-4 payroll, there were no employees charged to ESERF 2 and 38 employees charged to ESERF 3. 16 interventionists who are temporary, 18 building subs who were hired as temporary, and four additional positions, and she's going to cover this a little bit later in detail. We also took a good look at the vehicle inventory that her and Dr. Brittingham completed. We're looking to replace one van that transports students and three custodial trucks, and actually we did have quite a few that are very, very old and needing to be replaced. Business office is currently researching what vehicles are available and the pricing before a decision can be made as the state contract for vehicles is currently severely limited due to supply chain issues.
Uh, Mrs. Wright asked if it would be more effective to get vans and trailers versus pickup trucks, and uh, they're going to be looking into that. Okay, thank you, Mrs. Wright. Mrs. Smith shared the results of local funds audit performed by a CPA firm contracted with the State Auditor's Office. We received one finding on procurement for HVAP parts purchases. Mrs. Smith shared that she explained to the auditors that these were ad hoc HVAC repairs that we would not be aware of at the beginning of the year and therefore would not know the dollar amount we would spend in a year, which makes sense. It doesn't break on a schedule. The auditors are leaving the finding as it stands, which makes no sense, but these are auditors. Mrs. Smith will include the information in the district's response. She also shared, Mrs. Smith did, the observation and recommendation from the management letter regarding Sussex County's reassessment. Mrs. Smith shared that she explained to the firm that we receive the assessed values of the properties each spring and calculate our tax rates based off of that amount so the amount of the reassessment doesn't have a significant effective a significant effect on us. The auditors thought we should still be involved in the county process, but the recommendation doesn't require a response. Okay, that's the county's job in my opinion, not ours. Okay, Mrs. Smith will present the final audit to the board once it's released. And finally, last but not least, we also discussed um, the legislature increasing the class ABC substitute rates, effective 010123. With that, there's going to be a proposed increase to our long-term substitute, nurse substitute, and retired teacher substitute to keep pace with the increases. A cost estimate is coming, and that's also going to be taken to the board as an action item. My guess is next month, right? It is tonight? Okay, thank you. And um, it was actually a good meeting. The, the part by uh, Mr. Doofenbach was well presented, um, and it, he clearly laid out a lot of details that were very easy to understand and I think it'll be beneficial to the board when we all see it in January with the final budget. I'm actually looking forward to that. Okay, she presented the usual financial reports, which will be covered later. We were adjourned at 7.58, and the next meeting is going to be right after Buildings and Grounds on December 12th. So thank you. Thanks, Doc. You're welcome. 8.04, curriculum. Dr. Siler. Thank you. Um, our committee met on November 14th. Our first item was the 2022 to 2027 strategic plan. Uh, they reviewed the five-year strategic plan as it relates to curricular goals. The deeper learning portion of the district's strategic plan has five different specific goals. Um, these are focused on high-quality instructional materials, a PLC guidebook that supports and promotes collaboration and data-driven uh, decision-making, implementation of both an elementary and secondary instructional calendar, monthly professional uh, development, and timely and effective feedback for teacher evaluations. The second item was the Kindergarten Standards-Based Report Card Committee update. Uh, the Elementary Department of Instruction has been meeting monthly with a committee of kindergarten teachers to revise uh, the rubric used for the kindergarten, uh, the current kindergarten standards-based report card. So they are piloting several components of this um, during the second marking period, and once the pilot is complete, the committee will come back together, provide some feedback, uh, finalize their documents, and we'll begin hopefully using this in the 23 uh, 2024 school year. Uh, the pre-K programming for the uh, next school year was also discussed. 
both North Georgetown and Georgetown Elementary have one pre-K classroom uh, currently within their buildings. Next year, the plan is to move, move both of those to uh, the new Howard Tianus. So this is gonna allow us a lot more collaboration among our pre-K teachers and professional development opportunities uh, that will also help us to streamline the child find process. And finally, our special education updates. Um, all of our one-on-one -on -one IEP trainings have been provided to our new teachers or really to any teacher that wanted um, additional support or a refresher. Uh, the, Department of, uh, the department has also continued to work to hire speech language pathologists and school psychologists. As most of us already know, because we've been talking about it all year, these po uh, positions continue to be harder for us to fill uh, as far as in-person services are concerned, although we have had a lot of success with virtual services. Um, I don't think that's our preference to do it that way, but certainly um, we will if we need to in order to provide the services. Our next meeting will be Monday, December 12th, and I think we're doing 5 o'clock instead of 5.30. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. 8.05, DSBA Board of Directors. Well, we did have a meeting last month. Okay. 8.06, the SBA legislative. Our meeting will be in February, so no report. 8.07, Special Education Task Force. Dr. Steinler? We're meeting again in January, so no report for now. Thank you, ma'am. 8.08, policy. Chief Collins? Good evening. The policy committee did meet back on November 14th. Um, we have no new policies coming up for a reading, but we do have the two policies that were presented last month, which are KL public comments and IKE promotions and retentions. Um, other than a small typo to, uh, to the pr uh, promotion and retentions policy, these policies are the same as they were presented last month, and I would make a motion to approve both as presented. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Pass it by unanimous vote. Thank Anything you. Else, Chief? That's it. 8.09, REA rep. Good evening. Good evening. Um, my name is Blair Catlin Brown. I'm an association rep for SDSA and also a member of DSEA's executive board. Um, I just wanted to report out that on November 15th, IREA held our Board of Education meet and greet at the Indian River Senior Center. Um, we want to thank Connie Pryor for being the only member to be able to attend that evening. We really appreciate her attendance and her thoughtful conversation she was able to have with all the building reps that were in attendance. We do hope to hold a second board meet and greet for the spring and we're hoping to find something that can work for everyone's schedule so that we can be able to meet our goal of full BOE attendance at our next event. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Superintendent's report, 9.01, monthly activities. Yes, within uh, your board docs are my monthly activities for the close of October and through November. One highlight uh, was certainly the groundbreaking at the new Sussex Central High School. Thank you for those of you they were able to attend. I thought it was a, uh, a wonderful event and a, and a great kickoff to uh, that project. So along with that, I was able to get into each of our schools last month and conduct some learning walks to see some of the amazing 
things happening in our classrooms with members of our team, and we will be uh, doing that again uh, starting tomorrow. So very excited to get into our classrooms, and our teachers are doing an unbelievable job, and it's, it's nice to see them hard at work. Thank you, sir. 9.02, district calendar change. Thank you. Um, change number one is to change Indian River High School and Sussex Central High School student days from full exam days on January 26th and 27th to half-day exams. Principal Layfield and Principal Williams um, were consulted with this, and they do believe that the change would allow for a smoother operations during our exam days and per our policy IKA we have the ability to determine those days and again January 26th and 27th therefore teachers will have time to grade exams and do a quick turnaround so high schools uh, have made this request for those half days and teachers will be able to grade the exams in their buildings in the PM and the attendance for students to be able to study for the next day's exams in that PM. So that would require uh, action, and then I'll move on to um, number two. Motion to accept the half days? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. Thank you. The second one is to change Selbyville Middle School's holiday uh, chorus concert from December 8th, 2022 to December 12th, 2022 at 6.30 p.m. Motion to accept the move. So moved. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Thank you. Thank you, sir. 10.01, financial summaries ending in the month of October 31st. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, the reports you have on board docs are as of October 31st, so we were 33% of the way through the fiscal year. They are, it is loaded with the preliminary budget that the board passed. Um, so we had received 83% of total budgeted revenue, 85% of budgeted discretionary revenue, 90% of budgeted local tax revenue, and zero dollars in interest in October. We spend 20% of total budgeted expenses, 38% of total discretionary expenses, and 38% of budgeted tuition-funded classroom expenses. And Howard Tianis has spent 35% of their budgeted expenses. Okay. 10.02, detailed information ending month October 31st. Yes. Um, as of October 31st, we had a balance of approximately $485,000 in our student activity funds. For ESSERF 2, We've spent $12.5 million and have $693,000 remaining. For ESSERF 3, we've spent about $12.5 million as well and have $17.4 million remaining. We have about $20 million in federal funds available and we're holding $1.2 million in donations and student funds. Motion to accept? So, so moved. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those aye. opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. 10.03, major capital improvements for month ending October 31st. Yes, for major cap, we spent 1.6 million out in October. Motion to accept? So moved. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Minor capital improvements for the month ending October 31st. 
Minor cap for the funds available, we've spent approximately 2.4 million and have a balance of approximately 900,000. Um, the funds, the local side of the minor cap match was transferred at the end of October, but the state match didn't come in until the beginning of November. So that balance will be higher next month. Appreciate your explanation. Yep. Motion to accept. So moved. Motion second. made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. 10.05, student activity funds. Yes, as Dr. Hattier explained earlier, the robotics elementary and middle school teams, um, there was some confusion and change in how they um, defined organizations, so they didn't ask for enough funds in their original student activity funds request. So they're asking for an additional $2,550 to complete all the registrations. I think this is a suitable uh, use for the funds that we have in the student activity area, um, and I make a motion we accept. Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. 10.06, uh, ESSERC fund status. Yes. On board docs, you have a more detailed spreadsheet of each of the three ESSER funds and the categories of spending, but I wanted to give some highlights of what we've done. So ESSERF 1 funds expired September 30th of this year, so we've fully spent those. Those funds, that was the beginning of the pandemic, um, so mostly they were used for um, substitutes for people on COVID leave, additional custodial staff and classroom supports, masks, hand sanitizers, PPE, floor markers and tape, partitions, cleaning supplies, air filters, all of those types of items. Um, also instructional materials. Um, we were copying a lot of documents to send home for remote learning, um, also mailing that out when families couldn't come to pick it up. We purchased math manipulatives and books um, for the students to each have their own. We also use the funds for special education recovery services and for Chromebooks, parts, and other technology needs. For SRF2, those funds will expire September 30th of 2024, so we have about nine months left. Um, those funds were also used for substitutes for staff on COVID leave, science curriculum and music supplies, pocket translators and talking points, the Talking Points Family Communication Platform to allow us better communication with families. Um, summer school programming the first year. Um, the bus GPS system with the Where's My Bus app and all of that. Um, technology, again, staff laptops, Chromebooks, smart boards. New math curriculum, teacher planning time, and HVAC work. For ESSERF 3, those funds are available into, until September 30th of 2025. I'm sorry, 2024. Yes, SRF 2 is, 20, is September 30th, 2023. Um, I got it, had a calendar year. For SRF 3, we still have a lot of the funds left, um, but we are currently using that on special education recovery services, summer school programming, reading and math interventionists in our schools, social studies coach, instructional coach, itinerant nurses that were helping with all of the COVID work in the prior years bilingual secretary and school liaisons, temporary custodians, and technology again with Chromebooks, laptops, and smart boards, replacing those, and also for mental health counselors. Any further discussion or questions with Esther Fund? Hearing none. Thank you, ma'am. You're welcome. 10.07, substitute rate. All right, so we did this last year on January 1st, the state um, legislatively passed that the class A, B, and C substitute rates would increase. Those are scheduled to increase again on January 1st, 2023. Um, so we have a proposal 
One, the Class A, B, and C new daily rates is outside of our control. Uh, but Mrs. Bunting and I went through the current long-term rates and increased those the same um, amounts that the daily rates increased so we can stay competitive for those substitutes and also for the nurses and the retired, long, retired teacher long-term substitutes. So the cost will be approximately $250,000 for the, these increases. I have a question which I should have asked at the Finance Committee meeting. Um, the, the retired teacher rate, is that something that the state does or did we come up with that? We came up with that okay. um, to incent retired teachers to come Okay, up I will tell you that in my practice I get an awful lot of retired teachers and um, I am constantly trying to recruit teachers, uh, retired teachers to come back to work and I'll tell you that that um, has made a difference. In, in what they are willing to accept or not. I think we got a couple more that may join us in the early part of next year, which is good, okay? Um, thank you for the work that you did here. This is a worthwhile endeavor. And I make a motion we accept. Motion made, is there a second? Second. Motion made and second, any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Thank you. Yes, ma'am, thank you. 11.01, field trip request. Yes, one field trip request from Philip Shaw and Principal Kerr. It is for the fifth grade at Philip Shaw on May 24th through 25th to attend Cape and Lopen State Park. And within your board docs is an outline uh, of the request and uh, their educational value in attending that overnight trip to Cape and Lopen State Park. Motion to approve. So moved. Motion made, is there a second? Second. second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those aye. opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Personnel, 12.01. Personnel agenda for November the 28th. Is there a motion to accept the personnel agenda minus number 38? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Uh, November agenda number 38. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Abstain. Mr. Troublefield, will you please poll the board? Mr. Prattle? Abstain. Mr. Collins? Yes. Mr. Fritz? Yes. Dr. Hattier? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Ms. Moses? Yes. Mr. Peden? Yes. Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? Yes. Eight yes, zero no, and one abstention. Passes by majority vote. 12.02. Is there a motion to accept the personnel agenda addendum minus number eight, we'll strike number 18. Uh, motion to accept. So moved. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 12.03, contractual agenda for November the 28th. Motion to accept? So moved. Motion made, is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. And to close the meeting, we have a section open to the public for comments. Mr. Clawson was signed up to speak. Is there anyone in the crowd this evening that would like to speak? Public comments. Yes, ma'am. 
Hello, I'm Blair Catlin Brown again. I'm coming back to you as a community member and the mother of a fourth grader at Phillips E. Shaw Elementary and a robotics coach. So thank you for approving that. We are very excited for Superbot Saturday on March 4th. I invite you all to come, it'll be amazing. But anyway, um, I knew the numbers were high at PCS, but when I saw the numbers of the three classrooms, it hurt my heart as a mother, as a staff member who works closely with the people there. I felt like, as Ms. Kerr can attest to, I am quick to speak up when I am concerned, and it's not fair for me to email her and not stand here and say the same to you. These teachers at PCS are amazing. They work their tail off every single day, as do others, but I just know them very well. They don't deserve these numbers. Our kids don't deserve these numbers. My son was identified as autistic just in June. We knew there were problems kindergarten through first, through second, through third. It just took us a while to get there, which is odd because I'm a clinical social worker, but it took me a while to get there. If he had been in one of those classes, we would have lost him. He has struggled with thoughts of self-hatred, self-loathing, because he didn't understand what was wrong. And again, if I, a highly qualified expert in front of you, didn't quite see it, how is a teacher with 27 students supposed to figure that out? And it is disheartening that it takes moments for you all to unanimously approve this waiver, but those kids and those staff members are going to have to struggle every single day. And I know the budgets, I know it's hard, but we owe it to them. And I'm again, thank you again for the, the EPR money for the robotics, that is amazing. We are obviously putting our money where our mouth is that we need to grow our young engineers. But how again are we going to do that when we shove them in a class? The most amazing teachers in the world can't do it. And so all I ask, I know no action can come at this moment, but I just felt, again, if I'm gonna email that poor woman a thousand times <laughs> for the last five years, I have to stand up here in front of you and do the same. So I just ask that the next time that waiver comes up, the next time that that fine lady asks for another staff member, that you know that she deserves it, they deserve it, every single kid in that building deserves it, and they need it. It's not even about deserve. Because if we're going to sign our emails because kids, well, because kids, that's all. I appreciate your time. Again, thank you for the robotics funding. And Superbot Saturday, March 4th. Come on out. <laughs> thank you. Anyone else? Public comment? Anything else come before the board? Hearing none, meeting adjourned.